Good day, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the Psyche community. Welcome to Psyche Podcast, where we are dedicated to improving mental health together. You are here with your podcast hosts, Dr. Zamika Simmons-Yan and Alyssa Peckham, where we will spill the tea on hot topics in psychiatry. That's right. Here on Psyche Community Podcast, you will get a quick lowdown on what's steaming in the world of mental health. We ask you to listen to the episodes, rate us, and review us. Better yet, share the Psyche Podcast with your friends, where we all can sip on the Psyche tea and maybe have a side of lemon with it. Well, I hope you're excited because today we have a lot of tea to spill. We have a fresh squeeze of lemon because this is a special time for each of us to be the one. Be the one to share and spread the word about actions we can all take to prevent suicide. Now, although people have become increasingly comfortable talking about their mental health and wellness, particularly during this past year, we recognized that, yes, this is a step forward, but the topic of suicide, when it comes up, it is still scary for many people to think about or even discuss, especially since some are afraid that by asking someone if they're having thoughts of suicide, it will pop the idea in their head or push them to an action that takes their lives, which research shows is just not true. So we feel that it's time to deepen the conversation. So for National Suicide Prevention Week, we are embracing the call to action. And to help us out, we have a phenomenal guest to spill the tea on the importance of awareness and prevention, the current trends, and, and even the specific behaviors that increase risk. Our special guest is none other than Dr. Mauricio Towen, who is a distinguished university professor at the University of New Mexico and the chairman of the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Health Sciences. He is well-authored with more than 350 publications, thousands and thousands of citations, several books, and prestigious awards to his name. So do trust Alyssa and I will be getting a personalized autograph after he spills the tea. But Dr. Tolan has also been recognized as one of the world's leading experts on bipolar disorder. So welcome Dr. Tolan and thank you for joining us today. Thank you Amika for the very kind introduction. It is uh, my, my honor to be here today and thanks again for putting this together. Absolutely, and I could not, could not do um, your introduction justice. And I also want to remind you that before you leave, we want our autograph on our teacups, okay? But can you tell us a little more about yourself? What are your interests, what you do, and how it impacts patient-centered mental health care? Thank you, Amika. Uh, and as, as, as you mentioned, um, as chair of the department, I have to, of course, my, my job is to look after faculty. Uh, and something that has been very important for me is to continue to take care of patients. Uh, it is, number one, very rewarding for me. And number two, if I am going to take care of our faculty, I need to uh, experience 
the challenges that sometimes it takes to, to take care of our patients. So for me, it is very important in addition to my administrative responsibilities and, and, and my research interests is to take care of patients because ultimately that's that's what motivates us all to uh, to take care of patients. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, bipolar disorder has uh, been my area of interest uh, for for a number of years. And uh, bipolar disorder is uh, is unique in in many ways, including uh, the fact that uh, among all psychiatric conditions, uh, you mentioned suicide. Uh, it is uh, actually bipolar disorder is the psychiatric condition where suicide is the highest. Our medical colleagues uh, treat conditions that can be lethal. Well, so do us in the field of psychiatry. Uh, unfortunately, one of the outcomes that we need to be very thoughtful, careful about is, of course, patients dying uh, by suicide. So, so um, the, the topic of, of suicide is key in terms of uh, not only the research that we do in, in with patients with bipolar disorder, but most importantly, in their care. We should always be aware of that. Um, and again, uh, thank you for having me here today, Amika. Of course, Dr. Toen, and wow, as I was listening to your introduction and your bio, it is, you know, clear that you are such a distinguished expert in this space with, you know, years of experience. And so I can't help but imagine that your job is probably more important now than it ever was before. And I, you know, I really say that because as I think about the pandemic and, you know, even some of the current stressful situations or events that we see unfolding worldwide, both, you know, inside and outside of the U.S., it it really makes me wonder what kind of trends or impacts we're seeing with regards to both mental health and suicide rates in the general population. And I know that you had just started to talk about this a little bit before I jumped in, but I want to give you the opportunity to expand a bit more on that and not to really overload this question, but I want to talk about populations in kind of two distinct ways. So talking about the general population, but also I've been hearing and seeing a lot more about, you know, this adolescent mental health crisis, so to speak. And so if you can also touch on the trends in, you know, mental health or suicide amongst our younger folks, as that maybe compares to the general population, I think that would be so helpful for our listeners today. Thank you for that uh, comment uh, and question, Eliza. Um, and uh, yes, um, the pandemic, of course, has been a, a tragedy and it has uh, caused a, a lot of trouble to everybody, uh, including our patients in, uh, in, many, in many different ways. Um, patients who were stable before with, uh, with the pandemic have not always followed their visits. Although it's always good to find a silver lining, and no doubt a silver lining of the pandemic is that we are all now very familiar with the use of, of telemedicine, and uh, telemedicine is here to stay. Uh, one of the things that we've seen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm being positive uh, first, is that uh, the use of telemedicine. Uh, actually has decreased in no shows. Now, 
it has also, as I mentioned before, um, has interfered with patients' ability to be seen or take their medication. So it goes both ways. Patients who were previously stable, again, with the pandemic, might stop seeing their providers or not take their medication, um, which brings in a, a key issue, the use of uh, long-acting antipsychotic medications in bipolar disorder. Um, when the pandemic started, that became an issue that patients who needed long-acting intramuscular antipsychotic medication, of course, had to be seen face-to-face. -face. So uh, we made some changes to the clinic, uh, but I think it's still underutilized, and that is something that will help us with uh, non-adherence. And sometimes we forget or don't think enough about the fact that our patients who suffer from bipolar disorder tend to be non-adherent with the treatment, and that is something that we that we need to uh, consider when we select our treatments. The other thing that you mentioned, Alisa, is uh, and please correct me if I'm mispronouncing <laughs> your name. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned is uh, the uh, increase that we've seen in uh, adolescents, uh, increase in their visits uh, to our uh, mental health facilities. As I mentioned, uh, I see patients in, in different settings, including the psychiatric emergency service. And uh, one of the things that we've seen is the increase in number specifically of adolescents during the pandemic. And many of them had never experienced any uh, uh, symptom of uh, psychiatric illness. And uh, they come to the psychiatric emergency service expressing suicidal thoughts. The other thing that we've seen is the increased use of uh, recreational drugs or alcohol in minors. Um, there's been times that in our psychiatric emergency service, we actually have more adolescents than adults. And of course, we want to be evidence-based, meaning it's not just an impression. We actually have looked at the numbers, and there's definitely an increase in psychiatric emergency visits by adolescents, including those who had not been diagnosed in the past. Let me, let me stop there. I'm happy to uh, comment in, on any other topic. Well, you know, Dr. Toen, thank you for highlighting some of those trends, access, you know, especially what we're seeing um, in mental health. And when we're thinking about our children or adolescents who are another vulnerable population, given what they have also experienced over these last couple of years. So it's it's very important for us to have a keen awareness on them as well. What was interesting to me when you told me that, uh, when you told us that you know, in the in the psych hospitals and some of the institutions, you are seeing more of our children and adolescents as compared to adults, which really strikes my heart. 
And um, because I really am interested in our vulnerable populations because I have that passion um, to touch those as well. And you spoke on this a little bit in the beginning, you know, given your expertise and thinking about about those vulnerable populations, what specific behaviors or triggers should we be aware of in individuals living with bipolar disorder that could possibly increase their risk of su a suicide event? Happy to uh, address that question, Amika, focusing on the patients who suffer from bipolar disorder. As I've mentioned before, of all psychiatric conditions, bipolar disorder has the highest risk of suicide attempt or completed suicide. Um, and, and one wonders why. Well, um, let's keep in mind that uh, bipolar disorder, you have the, uh, the symptoms of mania and you also have the symptoms of depression. One of the uh, symptoms of, uh, of mania includes uh, impulsivity. Uh, and one of the symptoms of depression is hopelessness. So when you combine impulsivity with hopelessness, that's when our patients are at risk. So uh, to answer your question uh, in a more specific way or a more precise way, whenever we have a patient with bipolar disorder, and we see hopelessness and so on, also combined with uh, impulsive behaviors, which could include uh, uh, driving an automobile uh, when intoxicated or, or uh, in, 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 in a non-proper way, uh, or expose themselves to behaviors that are dangerous. That's when we need to be concerned about uh, that individual uh, uh, being hurt, uh, uh, self-harm, or be put in a situation that uh, our patients can be victimized. Again, they can get involved in uh, behaviors that are impulsive, and uh, many times our patients are not the ones who victimize others. Our patients are the ones who are victimized by others. So to pay co close attention to those uh, symptoms, uh, Amika, that would be that would be key. Dr. Tone, I, I love that we were at least able to highlight some of the symptoms or behaviors to look out for regarding suicidality, um, both overall, but also in patients that have bipolar disorder. And so I, I heard you talk a lot about impulsivity and hopelessness and kind of, you know, when those two come together, you know, what kind of picture does that result in? But at this point, I'm sure our listeners have kind of gotten a, a little taste of that and might at this point want to read more or at least deepen their understanding or uh, education about this topic either for themselves or maybe their family members or friends. So if our listeners are looking um, to read more about this or kind of find more resources, where would you point them to? Well, with, uh, with PsyQ, we have uh, um, sections uh, on the areas that we're talking about today, specifically on bipolar disorder, on uh, suicide. And uh, of course, uh, although uh, suicide risk is high in bipolar, bipolar disorder, it's also high in other conditions. And uh, I would also would like to highlight something else, which is uh, comorbidity. That is, of course, the presence of more than one condition. And when uh, our patients with bipolar disorder 
uh, have uh, comorbid conditions such as, in addition to bipolar disorder, anxiety disorders and substance use disorder, then the risk of self-harm is even uh, larger. Uh, and, and, and a lot of this information would be in the pod podcasts of um, bipolar disorder and, and suicide. And again, to remind ourselves that uh, we deal with conditions that are lethal, uh, but also prevention is possible. We should never forget that. Uh, it's important to work with the family of our patients and also to implement treatments that will prevent uh, self-harm. So always, uh, always to make sure that we, we have that in mind. The other thing that I would uh, also emphasize is that, uh, unfortunately, uh, many of our patients who um, uh, commit uh, or, or die by suicide, uh, sometimes they don't share that with us. Uh, so uh, when it happens, uh, obviously it's devastating, obviously for the family, number one, and for the patient, but also for providers. And I think if, unfortunately, we have a patient who uh, uh, dies by suicide, we need to be supportive of each other, that sometimes it's uh, it's really not possible to, to prevent. It's always important to keep that in mind. And again, it is preventable, but unfortunately, not 100%. Back to you, Elise. Hmm. Well, thank you, Dr. Towen, for those highlights. And also just reminding us the importance of family and support and also how it can be, you know, kind of traumatizing for our providers as well. And, and we know that September is not the only month we should raise awareness and prevention. This has to be ongoing because seeking mental health assistance and, and going to therapy, you know, I'm sure Dr. Toen will agree, Alyssa will agree that it should be normalized just as going to the gym or eating healthy. So to our listeners, know that you are not alone. If you are experiencing difficult thoughts or having any type of mental crisis or distress, then please text or dial 988, which is the new National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. It is free, it's confidential, and available 24 hours a day. Again, text or call 988 because you are not alone. Dr. Towen, thank you so much. It's been by honor and, and thank you colleagues uh, for, for uh, enabling us to uh, reach out to you. Thank you so much. All right, so there you have it. You've heard it for yourself right here on PsychU Community Podcast. But the beauty is, is that you don't have to stop here. So definitely head over and check out the show notes for the links to find more resources about today's discussion on psychu.org. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more hot topics right here on the PsychU Community Podcast, please rate and review us and then subscribe so you can always get the new episode right when it drops. And for the social media lovers out there, check out our other social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So until next time, thank you for listening, everyone, and we hope you have a great day.